welcome to Romancing the Amazon. I'm Melody. I'm Zoe. And I'm Elizabeth. Each week we pick a romance novel that's offered for free in the Kindle store on Amazon, and we read it and review it for you guys. There will be spoilers in this episode, so if you're interested in reading the book, please do so and then come back and listen. This week we read Heart of Stone, book one, Emery and Jackson, Heart of Stone series by Chiquita Denny. Elizabeth, give us the Cliff Notes version. So in this book, we have Emery and Jackson. Emery has recently come off of a really bad breakup. Her ex cheated on her with her best friend, who is now pregnant with his baby. And so she has sworn off men. She wants nothing to do with relationships. Jackson, on the other hand, has been kind of dating around no real thing keeping him from finding the one, but he just hasn't been interested. But they meet and they have an instant connection. And the book follows them as they fall in love along with Emery's two best friends who have a larger role in the story. And we see their romances start to play out as well in this book. This book was not our favorite. Not even a little bit. So we're going to we're going to switch up the order of things a little bit. We're going to start with author's notes cuz there are a lot of them. There are mostly this book needed an editor so badly. So 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 so, so badly. badly. If I were to make one comment about the book, it would be that it needed an editor. Mhm. Yeah. There were commas in really weird places and missing where they should have been. But interestingly enough, most of the apostrophes were correct. <laughs> we know about you and your apostrophes. There were some that were wrong. There were definitely some that were wrong. There were some, but far fewer than in other books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were misplaced quotation marks, which isn't even like grammar mistake. That's just copy editing. Mm -hmm. Someone didn't see it mm -hmm. when they went through. Um, there were missing words, like instead of saying my best friend, it was just best friend when the my was clearly supposed to be there. Uh -huh. There were the mm -hmm. occasional spelling mistake, just a lot of little things like that. That Yeah, there were italicized sections that should have been regular print. Yeah, and lots of things. There were weird scene breaks where, mm -hmm. you know, you come to the end of the scene and there's a break of white space and then the next paragraph picks up at the new scene. Uh -huh. Well, here you would have the white space, but the scene didn't change. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. then you hit a situation where the scene did change and time has passed and you're in a new place, but mm -hmm. the white space break wasn't included. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was very strange. Yeah, it was really hard to follow because of things like that. And also, it changed tense. All the time. Every other mm -hmm. sentence, at least. The tense fluctuated quite a bit. We also changed point of view regularly. At least mm -hmm. each chapter was from a different person's point of view. And it wasn't just our hero and heroine. It was also their best friends and multiples yep. of them. And sometimes I feel like it changed point of view in the middle of a chapter. Yes. And it was just really hard to follow. It was. Also, it was lacking in tags. Is that what they're called? Yes. Speech tags. To tell you who was speaking. Yes. yes. Speech tags. Mm -hmm. So there'd be like three people having a conversation and you'd get three different sentences 
with three different quotation marks and you have no idea who's saying what. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because a lot of times I complain that people use speech tags too frequently. Uh-huh. Where I'm like, you could have mm-hmm. left it off and the reader can clearly understand who's saying what. And like you're just mm-hmm. saying said so-and-so too many times. Right. But here I was like, oh my gosh, please just say said Emery uh-huh. so that I can keep yes. track of who's speaking in this conversation. Yeah, I lost track of yeah. how many times I had to like go back and count mm-hmm. off like on my fingers. Okay, this is Emery. Okay, this is Jackson and then Emery and then Jackson. And then, oh, so that must have been Emery <laughs> speaking countless times. Mm-hmm. So as you can tell, this was something that bothered all three of us as we were reading. (laughs) And it can be really hard to get into a story when you're constantly being thrown out by tiny mistakes like that that have nothing to do with Mm -hmm. the story itself. Mm -hmm. So that was the big, probably the biggest downside of this novel and kind of the biggest reason that none of us liked it um, was that it just really needed one solid Mm -hmm. editing pass that could have made a huge difference. Judging by the cover, what did y'all expect versus what we actually read? So I think the biggest thing that I was expecting was for it to be a little bit more romantic. Uh You know, the cover has Mm -hmm. them almost kissing on the cover and their eyes are closed. And it looks like this really sweet and tender moment. And I felt like that didn't convey the actual tone of the book when we read it. Agreed. Oh, not at all. The blurb gave a little bit of that as well, but the blurb made me think that her secret was going to play a bigger role mm-hmm. in things, mm-hmm. which we find out through the course of the book that her secret is she's just been diagnosed with lupus and she hasn't told her friends or family yet. And that wasn't as big a part of the novel as I thought. Right. When it did come yeah. up, it felt like a surprise and kind of pointless. Like mm-hmm. we were just being told all of a sudden that she had lupus and like, oh, okay, so what? Mm-hmm. Turns out it did play more into the plot. It turned out to be like the big conflict that kept our two main characters apart for a minute. But it didn't seem significant enough. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't. Well, well the reactions to it seemed overblown mm-hmm. to me. Especially from Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she did a good job building up kind of the, like, we see little things that indicate she has lupus, like little health problems Mm -hmm. that are sprinkled throughout the novel. She's feeling faint here. They notice she looks sick here. Like that aspect of building it up to the reveal, I thought was well done. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. emotional buildup of the other characters reacting to the surprise and her, why she doesn't tell them, how it comes Mm -hmm. out, how she reacts to that coming out. I felt like that wasn't handled as well. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that speaks to a lack of character development overall. Yes. We're kind of just presented with these characters and expected to run with it, I guess. It's a little hard to describe, but we do see Hold on, let's officially make this meet the cast, because I think we've uh, moved straight into that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's time to meet the cast. Emery Stone is our heroine. She is the executive VP of account sales in an advertising firm. She has lupus and can't manage her stress. We don't know much else about her. Yep. Which is a theme for kind of all the characters. Exactly. It is. Very much so. Our hero is Jackson Pierce. 
He is a billionaire. We didn't Surprise intentionally. Billionaire. <laughs> Surprise <Yeah>. billionaire. <laughs> we did not intentionally pick a billionaire novel, but we we got one sort of. Mm-hmm. He's definitely super alpha. Mm-hmm. He is the owner slash president of Pierce Enterprises, which has something to do with NASCAR. That's what I understood. And that's about all we know about Jackson. Except yes. also that he's very well endowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i forgot uh yeah that we do know that <laughs> yep. all right we've also got emery's best friends angela and jordan mm-hmm. we get a lot more of their stories than i ever expected we would mm-hmm. oh yeah and we get we don't i don't think we get angela's perspective but we do get jordan's mm-hmm. and i liked her yes. fine yeah but i didn't really need to see her story in this book. No. And honestly, Jordan, to me, was the most likable character in the novel. Yeah. But yes. you guys are right. I don't think this needed to be her moment. I don't think her perspective really added anything to Emery and Jackson's story. No. Okay. Angela is also dating but doesn't want to admit it. Uh, Brent, who is Emery's boss. Angela is a hot mess. Yes. Angela is a hot mess. Brent's a hot mess. Their whole relationship is a hot mess. Yes. Yeah, because they say that it's not a relationship except that they want it to be, but they don't anyway. Or one wants it to be and the other doesn't. Mm-hmm. And But Brent surprisingly had some like really down-to-earth moments, mm-hmm. and for for a minute he was a decent character, and then he went off the rails again. Well, that's what I found. In general, the characters were excellent at giving advice to their friends, to other people, but terrible at taking advice from themselves or anyone else. So terrible. (laughs) Yes, that's something I put down in my notes because I was like, there's an inconsistency here between Mm -hmm. their advice toward their friends, which is usually pretty solid, and then what they turn around and immediately do in their own relationships. And that that creates character inconsistency, but it also mm-hmm. creates a frustration with the plot because that gets it running totally on these manufactured conflicts that aren't necessary if they would just do what they said to the other person, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they all did that. Not just one of them. All of them. I felt like this book really suffered from a lack of diversity in character personalities because mm-hmm. it felt like they were all the same. All the women had the same reactions and did the same things, gave the same advice, but then turned around and didn't take their own advice. Mm-hmm. All the men were alpha and controlling and then turned to other women when things weren't going right in their relationships and just the same thing from multiple men, the same thing from multiple women, and it got really old. And it- I think that ties into not feeling like they had defined personalities. Mm -hmm. It was just Mm -hmm. them reacting to situations and then the new situation happening and then them having a reaction. But I felt like we never got any character development or growth there. Yeah. Yeah. There is one exception to these characters and it's Emery's grandmother. Granny. I liked Granny. Yeah. Who was pretty great all around. Yep. She knew who she was. Mm -hmm. She knew what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And she gave advice that for the most part they listened to, even if it was too little too late. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We didn't see her buying into all the drama. Yeah. And I did like the feel of Emery's family. Like it felt like a very supportive family. Although occasionally, as soon as I was starting to get into that, be like, oh, they've got a really nice family dynamic here. Then one of them would say something to Emery that would make me really mad. I'm like, that's terrible advice. Or why are you blaming her for that or whatever? And then I would be 
frustrated with it again. Mm -hmm. But that overall feel, I thought she did a good job of creating before one of the characters would then ruin it with dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You're right. And the same goes for the friendship between the three best friends, because they come across as really close, good Mm -hmm. friends. And there's a focus in the novel on that friendship, which I appreciated. You know, we've talked Mm -hmm. before how we like seeing female friendships play out in these romance novels. But then they would give terrible advice to one another or butt in on each other's business mm-hmm. that they probably shouldn't have. Or, or one they of them say, would get a text from the current male companion and just like, yeah. leave. And yeah. And it felt like we were constantly getting five minute snippets. You know, they'd show up to each other's houses in their pajamas like they're going to have this big girls night. And then somebody gets a text and girls night is over. And they've only like swigged three gulps of wine or something. Okay, I think that's it for Meet the Cast. I would like to say broad generality is here. We have another case of everyone in this office is unprofessional. And every single person in this cast does not understand the concept of boundaries or respecting Mm -hmm. other people's boundaries. And that drove Mm -hmm. me absolutely nuts. Mm -hmm. You're right. That's a big thing to bring up. All of these characters behave unprofessionally at work, say that they're going to behave professionally, and then immediately don't. Yeah. And And then judge someone else for behaving unprofessionally. Mm -hmm. Yes. And even outside of work, they just show up places, make a scene, and leave again. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, the unprofessional behavior and the childish behavior was the worst part of the characters for me. let's talk about sex well there was plenty of it yep it was immediately dirty yeah and i didn't quite believe that it was love no not even a little bit there was very little uh emotional or character development or even Mm -hmm. romantic development through the sex scenes it was kind of wham bam thank you (laughs) ma'am mm-hmm Well, and they barely say two words to each other before they hook up for the first time. Uh It was definitely a case of insta-lust. Like, they see each other. They're like, oh, my gosh, they're so hot. Mm -hmm. I'm into them. Let's do this. But I felt like I wasn't sold on the chemistry in those first few moments. And so Mm. I never fully got on board with the sexual connection that they had because of that. Agreed. There was always some dialogue during the sex, but it actually consisted of arg and ugh and, uh, and expletives. So instead of just saying he groaned or you know, something like that, she actually wrote it into the dialogue. Ugh. And I was like, oh, please don't. I don't need to read arg. I don't remember that. I after the first sex scene, I sort of skimmed them because for the most part they were not emotional enough and too fast for my taste. Like you said, D, wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Only you didn't always get the thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So they were using condoms in most of the sex scenes, but they're mentioned at weird times. Like usually 
it's mentioned when someone's putting on the condom yep. and then taking it off, right? So that you know the order it happens in. And here it's just there's suddenly a condom and you're like, did I miss them putting it on? Oh, no, they just must not have narrated that part. And then it, I don't know, it felt odd. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember that. But now that you mention it, it's like, oh, oh, there is a condom. When did that happen? I went back and looked and it didn't. <laughs> we weren't told about it. But we still managed to get a surprise baby. Yes, we did. Well, because after that first condom, I don't remember seeing a condom mentioned again. I'm pretty sure it was. Well, I was skimming the sex scenes at that point. So. And hey, maybe that was part of the whole condom coming on and off at weird times, right? Oh, maybe. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> and yeah. also, and this is just personal, I really hate the daddy kink thing. Oh, me too. And they don't go full in on it here, but it is there in a limited capacity. And that has never mm. worked for me ever. Yeah. I don't know that I even want to rate this on our steaminess scale. Yeah, well, because it didn't really have the emotional connection that I prefer in my sex scenes, I wouldn't know where to put it. Mm -hmm. Because for graphicness, it might be up there around Boil a Lobster. Yeah. But for emotional connection, it would be... What's the lowest one? Tepid bath. Tepid bath. Might be dirty bath water. Happily ever after. Happily ever after. Okay, so there's a moment when Jackson is looking at Brent and Angela, and he says something to himself about how he wishes he could have that type of relationship with Emery, or that they could get there somewhere. (laughs) And I sat there and was like, no, you don't. They are dysfunctional, with a Uh capital D. And the fact that you can't see that tells me you're not ready for a real relationship. Uh And I never got over that level of, this is not going to last. You guys can't make this work because I felt like we didn't see enough honest communication between the two that I could believe that they'd be together. We didn't see any relationship development at all. We saw them together sexually and we had a couple of scenes where he was essentially pushing himself on her in her office Mm -hmm. and that was really it. Well, they took turns avoiding each other. There's that too. So everything comes to a head when Emery and Jackson are having sex and Emery passes out. And Mm -hmm. so he calls an ambulance. They rush her to the hospital. She's had an episode because she can't manage her stress enough to manage her lupus. And then everybody is just angry, very, very angry at Emery for not telling them about her lupus. And this is the major conflict then eventually leads to what is supposed to be the happily ever after. Well, also, Emery has found out during this episode that she's also pregnant. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, you know, while everyone's here really mad at her about everything, including Jackson, he stops talking to her yeah. and has, like, shut her out. And she tries calling him. She tries mm-hmm. visiting him at his office. She tries talking to his cousin to then talk to him. And he has completely shut down all lines of communication. Mm -hmm. And then when she does finally get in touch with him, because Brent has talked to him, he gets so mad at her about not telling him about the baby. Uh And I'm like, she tried to tell you. She called you. She went to your office. She spoke to your family members. And you completely shut her out. Mm -hmm. You do not get to be mad that she hasn't said anything to you about this because you won't let her talk to you. And he never apologized. 
apologized. Yeah, that's what got me. He wanted an apology from her. Right. She apologized to him. Mm-hmm. But he never did. And she apologized to him for not telling him about the baby, but he never apologized for his irrational reaction to the whole thing and the fact that he cut her out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I got mad about that. Yep. Also, I understand being angry when someone has hidden something huge like that and essentially not allowed mm-hmm. you to help them. Absolutely. But but not so angry that you don't then help them. Exactly. It's angry because you love them and you want to help them. And so then your reaction is to cut them off. Like, well, you didn't ask for it before, so now you're not getting anything. Like, those, yeah. nope. Yeah. No, you have a sensible, a more nuanced reaction. Like her family, who's mm-hmm. angry at her, yeah. but they love her and they take care of her. And they're like, we're going to step up and help you with this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Jackson didn't react that way tells me that they are going to have trouble making this relationship work in the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it tells me it wasn't love. So despite all of this, they get married and are going to have this baby together. Mm-hmm. The end. And five years yep. from now, they're going to be divorced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if but not to be long. too cynical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But even through to the end, almost every other character is telling Emery how she messed up. Yeah, that really irked me. Because yeah. it's mm-hmm. her life, and she wasn't ready to tell anyone. She was hardly able to acknowledge it herself. Right. You can't rush that. You can't force it. And as for her love life, she's only known him for a few weeks. Uh-huh. It seems strange for her whole family to be like, oh, you messed up with Jackson. You should get try and fix that and stuff. It's like she barely knew him. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. this is a huge thing. Like, I, you don't tell someone that you just met and started dating oh, I have this life-changing diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Like, you can take your time and get to know them a little better before you kind of delve into that level. Well, okay. On the other hand, it is a life-changing diagnosis, and it's going to affect her everyday life. Like, in bed, apparently, she's going to pass out during the act of sex. And your partner kind of needs to know that that's a possibility. So... From that angle, I understand, but I am mostly in agreement about not telling somebody who you've only known for a few weeks. That's Mm -hmm. her prerogative. Especially since from the beginning, she was like, this is a one night stand. We might have a two night stand, but this isn't a relationship. We're just going to hook up. And he from the beginning was like, no, I want this woman. We're going to be together. Mm-hmm. And he was incredibly pushy. And she was never fully receptive to it being anything more than a one night stand. And so I think mm-hmm. that was where my frustration with everyone yelling at her about her relationship is from. Because it's yeah. like she was very clear about this, what, what this was going to be. And just because he was on a different page and her family seems to be on a different page. But yes, if there's a chance you might pass out. While having sex with someone, they really ought to know about that. Yeah. It seems kind of important. (laughs) It does. Oh, well. There are more books in this Heart of Stone series. I don't think I'll be reading any of them. Me neither. Me neither. I'm really sorry that I picked this book, guys. (laughs) I didn't know from the blurb that it would be this uh, upsetting. time for the next chapter next week we'll be reading valentine challenge series book one by kiru tay life is good for ex-soldier turned entrepreneur michael Eady, or so he thinks 
When his friends set him a challenge to exercise the memory of a woman from his past, he expects it to be a walk in the park. Socialite Casey Bosa is spitting fire at men. Her long-term boyfriend has asked for a break via text message of all things. Ooh. Fuming, she's told him to go take a dive off the nearest bridge. Good for her. So the next man who crosses her path is at risk of being shredded with her spa manicured nails. <laughs> Bad news for Michael, who has chosen her as the object of his challenge, but neither of them can deny the sizzling chemistry between them, nor control their responses, it seems. Ooh. It's the season of love. Will they escape unscathed? Of course not. And of course, they fell in love. Of fall course. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. If you enjoy the pod, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends. Catch you next time. Bye.